Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan. Hi, welcome to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. I'm your host. And for the next hour, we're going to talk about fishing, uh, shooting, everything related to the firearms industry. Um, and I'm really excited today to have Kevin Finley in the studio. Uh, you've been following Kevin Finley fishing uh, on our Facebook page, and uh, it's a good chance to get him in here between tournaments. Um, first off, I want to take care of some business. As we've talked about in the past, I've agreed to match Kevin dollar for dollar for every dollar that he donates to Common Core, which is uh, for alcohol and drug addiction and recovery. So um, something dear to my heart and, and uh, I'm really happy to present Kevin with this check for the first couple of tournaments for $450 for you to uh, pass on to Common Core for me. Wow, that is really great. Thanks a lot, Kelly. I, You know, um, it, it, it's been an important thing for me to uh, not only just, you know, uh, do the fishing and, and try to be successful, but do something in the process of that. And so um, I really appreciate it. That, that's going to help a lot. And so you've already made your contribution, so uh, you know, yeah. they'll get their second check for that. Um, I know your family. I know that uh, you don't have any drug and alcohol problems in your family, but uh, as with just about everybody in this day and age, I know you know people. Oh yeah, I, I um, you know, I've got some really, really good friends. One of the guys uh, I travel with, I, I do tournaments with, and uh, and uh, you know, and I see uh, how miraculously his life has changed now compared to what it used to be. Uh, he um, he tells me stories, and and uh, he just really come back from the dead, and it's amazing to see people recover like that. It's awesome. It's always good to have somebody in recovery that uh, you know found the the ticket for them. It's it's not always the same for everybody. But uh, I really have a, a real warm spot in my heart for any organization that is willing to work at, at helping people find a life that's going to help them be productive and fruitful. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see people brought back when they're at their very bottom. And, you know, uh, when I talk to people at Common Recovery about uh, that particular thing, they say, you know, these people they have to hit the very bottom. And once they do, they realize that they just can't live that life anymore. And, you know, and they help them get back on their feet. When I was in AA, there was a saying that if you still got your watch, you're not ready yet. But like I said, the bottom is where a person decides that he's had enough. And it's different for everybody. Uh, let's talk about some fishing, though. You've had a couple of tournaments under your belt. You've done pretty good. Um, weighed some, some fish in, in both tournaments. But, uh, you know, having... Fish at a lake that you've never been on before? Was it as challenging as you thought it would be? Yeah, no, uh, in uh, in Texas, I went and visited Sam Rayburn, and I fished there, and, uh, you know, that was, that was a really, really great experience going to Sam Rayburn. I've never been on that lake before, but um, uh, uh, I was able to get on a pattern right away, and uh, Kelly, when I got there, it was 46 degrees and raining, so I was, you know, and I had very little pre-fish on that one, and... Uh, but within about three, four hours, I got on a, a, a decent pattern or whatever. I didn't get those big ones, but I weighed two limits, and uh, I can't wait to go back to that lake. That was really, really something special to see. Well, the the schedule that you gave me says that you're fishing in Oklahoma later in the month, but uh, I understand you've pushed a couple of uh, tournaments in between that you weren't sure you're going to be able to make, but now time has allowed you to do that. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually fishing with a guy by the name of Paul Hodges. Uh, uh, a couple of big, they're really big team tournaments is what they are. And Paul Hodges, uh, really great fisherman, well-accomplished, well-known. And, uh, and he called me up and said, hey, Kevin, let's do these. And I said, hey, Paul, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is on what you consider your home lake at Lake Pleasant here. Uh, just north of Phoenix, and the other ones at Lake Havasu, which you fish quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. you feel comfortable there. Yeah, I do. I feel comfortable in both those, and uh, um, I've got to check, because I think I might be off limits on the Lake Pleasant one for the next week, but uh, if not, um, I'll be going there next week, uh, but I think I'm going to Lake Pleasant on Thursday and uh, maybe tomorrow. Great. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, how's the truck and, and the boat working? I, I know that you get a lot of attention when you're <laughs> yeah. driving around. <laughs> you know, it was really great. When I went to Texas, people love McMillan stocks in Texas, let me tell you. So I uh, I went to Texas, and I even got a thumbs up from a cop that drove by me. I even got a thumbs up from a cop, and I was like, gave him a thumbs up back, so I was pretty neat. And that's awesome. You know, we, we do a lot of work with a lot of law enforcement and military stuff, so uh, it doesn't surprise me to hear that. Um, unfortunately, most of the law enforcement departments around the country really can't afford to buy anything. I mean, they're so broke that they just can't afford good equipment. So we work with them as, as best we can to help them get what they need. Yeah, well, they they certainly knew. You know, I, I didn't know anybody in Texas. And when I was in Texas, it was, uh, that's how my conversations actually started in Texas because people saw the truck and boat and they're like, are, are you the owner of McMillan? I'm like, no, no, no. I said, uh, I, uh, I represent McMillan. sponsors my fishing. And they, and then, you know, opened up a whole, they told me what kind of stocks they had and all that. So, well, that's good. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I know that, uh, we're going to try to get you in from time to time. Uh, Fridays aren't good for you because you're normally fishing. Yeah. So, uh, if you're not on a way to a tournament or pre-fishing, some tournaments actually are three-day tournaments, right? Yeah, and some of them are actually during the week. Um, you know, a lot of FLW, most FLW tournaments are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. So, yeah. So, some of them are too long to even encase on a weekend. Yeah. So. so, well, I appreciate you being here and uh, keep us informed on how you do. We'll keep all our listeners and viewers up to date on how Kevin Finley Fishing is doing. And uh, let's uh, give some more money to Common Core. Yeah, Common let's Cup. do that. Let's do that. Thanks okay. a lot, Kelly. Yeah. I appreciate you. For over 40 years, McMillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gunstock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, McMillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the McMillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at McMillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacMillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacMillanUSA.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. 
Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're getting prepared for a couple of upcoming things. Of course, the King of Two Miles is going to be in June. Uh, ELRHQ.com is going to be there. They're going to have a nice booth set up and uh, actually have products for sale. Yes, we're going to have some Cowboy actions. We're going to have some JJ Rock actions. We are going to have some Bartline barrels. So we're very excited about the inventory that we will have uh, at, at the meet. So even if you're not planning on shooting and you want to see what ELR is all about, I'd, I'd highly recommend you come out. Raton is a really cool place to be, and they've got plenty of uh, hotels and motels for you to stay at. Uh, but to watch this competition and how they put it together and how it works out is really cool. And, of course, last year it was filmed, and the television show is ongoing right now. If you haven't seen it, we're going to put up some links to some of the episodes uh, on our ELRHQ.com uh, website, and then you'll be able to click on them and go, or Facebook page probably. Yes, it'll be on the Facebook page called ELRHQ, and it will also be um, on our YouTube channel. As I'm sorry, a link will be on the ELRHQ Facebook as well as a website. Um, it's all through the Pursuit channel. It's free. You can watch it now, and there's actually a link up there right now. And as everybody knows, probably now, um, we're actually doing video podcasts, so there are some people who are actually watching us. Uh, we broadcast uh, the first show live on Facebook. We, we may not do that every week, uh, but all of the shows will be hosted on ELR Space HQ YouTube channel. Correct. And uh, are we going to start a Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan YouTube channel? You know, we haven't done that. And I, I think that that might be a good idea at this point because we're doing many more videos. So yeah, I'll, get, I'll get with Cooper and make that happen. Okay. Uh, for all of you joining us uh, via video podcast, I've got a, a great guest on right now. You can see on your screen John McQuay of 8541 Tactical. Hey, John, how are you? How's it going, Kelly? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, glad to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. I first off want to thank you for that awesome write-up on the A6. Uh, you may have been maybe the first or second uh, person to actually um, have one of those. So, uh, And I, I read the, the write-up. It was beautiful. I liked it. Excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I like seeing the evolution of the A-series of stocks, so it's, uh, it's really interesting, some of the thought that went into the A-6. Well, that's what you do, isn't it? 
I mean, you do product uh, evaluations and and videos and and write ups. Pretty much what we what we kind of started out as is I I got out of the Marine Corps. My background, of course, is a Marine Corps scout sniper and SWAT sniper and all this fun stuff. But I got out of the Marine Corps and kind of stopped any rifle stuff for a while, but then decided I wanted to get back into it. And so I started researching what I needed to build my personal rifle and realized that uh, a lot of times there was a lack of material out there on the Internet. And so I kind of started uh, – putting together some reviews and some uh, techniques and stuff and uh, combined them into a website, 8541tactical.com. And then we kind of took off from there and started doing some uh, YouTube videos and it just kind of blew up over the last uh, seven or eight years. Well, I've seen the 8541 Tactical uh, monogram around quite a bit and uh, been familiar with you and the work that you do. But let's step back a little bit. You talked about being a, a Marine and a, a, a scout sniper. Not a lot of people understand what the 8541 is. I happen to know simply because of our work with, with the Marines. But why don't you explain to people where that comes from and why that's so significant a number? Well, the uh, 8541 Tactical was not my best marketing decision when uh, I decided to go with that name, but uh, I was getting frustrated with seeing Sniper this and Sniper that and Sniper everywhere, and so um, I settled on 8541 Tactical because 8541 is the old military occupational specialty for Marine Scout Sniper, Uh, so uh, my primary MOS was 0311, which is infantry, and uh, 8541 is the four-digit number that designates that I have also completed the requirements to be a Marine sniper. Uh, So I kind of use those numbers and tactical to signify that our core uh, is tactical application of precision rifles. Well, and I think anybody that uses the 8541 it's kind of a given that they're for real. You, I mean, a lot of people claim that they're snipers or they've been a sniper, but if you say I was an 8541, nobody ever questions your uh, authority on the subject. Well, I, I wish I could say it's true, but with, uh, with a lot of the stolen valor stuff that we have to deal with now, um, the, the community, uh, what people don't realize is the Marine Sniper community is a very small community. And uh, when people claim the title that haven't actually earned it, um, they are pretty, uh, they're tracked down pretty quickly and uh, outed. So uh, it wouldn't be wise to begin with to, to claim you are in a commercial environment and not really have the credentials to back it up. It wouldn't take long for that to get out, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't end pretty, right? Um, as a, a Marine Scout sniper, you have kind of a, a an ambiance, let's say, about who you are. I mean, a lot of people think that oh man, it's it's really an elite. Uh, group and it is when we tell people uh, we make the the sniper stocks uh, for the Marine Corps M40A1 and M40A5 program they say oh man you we I know we can't get stocks because they're making stocks for the Marine Corps I think that the most rifles that the Marine Corps had in service at any one time was about 1200 
and I know they rotated in and out, but you know, through 40 years of making stocks for the Marine Corps, it might have totaled 2,500. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a pretty small number. I, I don't know what the actual number is. I'm, I'm quite certain you know the numbers better than I do. Um, but yeah, it's not, uh, not a common thing when you compare it to uh, M16s or uh, even uh, squad automatic weapons or any of the other weapons that are uh, TO to uh, a Marine Corps rifle company that the M40 is definitely uh, a special beast. Well, it has a special meaning to us. We really are uh, really proud of our association with the Marine Corps. And we love people who have you really put their life on the line to serve this country. Um, I have not served as in the military, but I feel like you know I've been serving for 40 years and trying to provide the very best products we can for our warriors. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of it. Well, when you talk about uh, kind of special, um, I've got something right here that you may, uh, may kind of recognize. Uh, this is actually one of your return stocks. And uh, this one, I don't know if the webcam is picking it up, is actually a smear pattern. It is. So uh, there's, there's a really good chance you may have uh, had a hand in personally in making this one. You know, there's a really good chance that I was responsible <laughs> for that monstrosity. <laughs> You know, I, I want to tell this story. I've told it before, but I want to tell it again. The smear pattern came about simply because when we first started making the stocks for the Marine Corps, how the camouflage pattern came out looking was directly a result of how the camouflage pattern was put in the mold. And I wasn't all that consistent with it. <laughs> and, and even to f further the point, we went from you know, one year to the next and mixing colors based on what was left over in the cup. And eventually, after about four years, the, the Marines called me up and said, your colors have changed. They're not the same. I said, oh, that's ridiculous. I've been, I've mixed every one of these. I know. So they said, well, let me send you some stocks back. And sure enough, they were three or four shades off because I never noticed that they were, they were changing a little bit at, at a time. But the smear pattern, as it's called, is exactly that. The, 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 the base coat smeared the rest of the camouflage colors and it came out looking really horrible. But, you know, back in the early days, the Marine Corps didn't care. They were rattle cannon most anything anyway. So <laughs> if, if, if a lot of the stocks that we got back from the Marine Corps and the trade that we did had all kinds of paint all over them, you know, four or five different layers, you could tell. So, uh, you know, they weren't all that concerned that they weren't the most pretty stocks that they've ever had. Now, those are some of the most sought after because it signifies that they were early in the development of the M40A1 process. Well, it's, uh, it's actually kind of funny. And you talk about the value on these stocks. Um, I, I was not quick enough uh, to get on the actual return program when they were coming out to purchase one from Macmillan. Um, when I started deciding that I wanted to, to build a clone of the rifle that I carried, uh, I started looking, and of course, I could have ordered an HTG from you guys and gotten a very similar uh, woodland camouflage pattern to what my era M40A1 was, uh, but I really wanted an original stock. I can't have an original receiver because the Marine Corps cut up almost all of those, um, but I figured I could at least have the stock. And thankfully, although they were going for thousands of dollars on Gunbroker and the different auction sites, uh, I found another Marine sniper who happened to have an extra one. 
and uh, ended up sending me the extra stock. And the only requirement that he put on it was that I not try to sell it and make any money. And that if I decided to get rid of the rifle when I was done, that uh, I give another uh, sniper first refusal on it. So, you know, that's really cool. And I'm glad to hear that because now that it's all said and done, I would have done it differently because my intention was, hey, you know, we traded, the Marine Corps wasn't allowed to give them to us and, and they have a bunch of M40A5 stocks right now, but because we're no longer making stocks for them and I'm not a vendor, there's no way I can trade for them. So we're trying to figure out some way that we can, without breaking the law, end up with some of those stocks. But, but what's hap what happened was, I, I thought there were a bunch of guys like you who happened to carry an M40A1 during the, uh, his time of service and would like one, and we basically put them out there for what we paid for them, you know, 200 bucks, maybe 250 with hardware. Um, and then all of a sudden we find out they're on eBay for 1000 bucks, and it really frustrated me because I never intended for anybody to make a lot of money on them simply because they happened to, to be first in line. Uh, so the fact that your guy made you promise that you weren't going to make money on it, I really appreciate that, and that's cool. Uh, we'll figure it out. If we ever come up with any of the A5 stocks, we'll, we'll figure out a way to uh, – make sure that only those who really want them get them and, and they're not in it just to make a buck. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they will, uh, they'll eventually do the smart thing and uh, make them available instead of having them cut up and in a bin somewhere. That's, that's the thing that uh, always makes me cringe. I mean, I understand when they, when they pulled the receivers from those rifles and decided not to reuse those receivers on the next generation of them and to see bins of them hacked up in pieces kind of, hurts your heart just a little bit. Let's talk about uh, 8541 Tactical. Uh, we mentioned you do a lot of reviews, product reviews. Uh, you write a lot, uh, and a very good writer at that. Do you do any articles? you write for any magazines? Uh, don't write for any magazines at this point. Anything that I write just ends up on 8541tactical.com. Uh, most of what we've been concentrating on right now is the video production because that seems to be the way everything goes. Um, with uh, social media and with YouTube and uh, people with streaming video in general, people seem to be moving away from the, uh, the TV networks in the living room and starting to go more towards uh, YouTube and streaming video. And so we've been trying to, to stay on the uh, forefront of that. And I think a lot of guys are visual learners more than uh, reading and translating to something. So uh, if I can demonstrate something uh, as well as describe it, I think it gets the learning process across in a much more concise manner. Sounds like we agree on a, a bunch of points. Zev, why don't you tell uh, John about ELRHQ.com and, and how we feel about champion vetted gear and uh, just so he understands where we're coming from. Yeah, it's exactly like you, you said it. Um, when Kelly decided to open up ELRHQ, he thought that it would be a good idea, first of all, to get all the gear that we bring to the forefront to be vetted. I mean, if people don't think that people are winning with that gear, why would they want to buy it? So that was the first thing. The second thing he came up with is, why don't we show people how to use it correctly and get videos out there that people can look at and see in three minutes how to set up a Labrador or a Labrador. Or <laughs> <laughs> John and I spoke yesterday and we joked how 
I, I've been trying to get everybody to say Labrador instead of Lab Radar, and he got it. <laughs> but anyways, also, you know, target vision and so on. So we were able to bring these uh, videos to the forefront, and that's been working out really well for us. So you can go out to ELRHQ.com, go out to a product, take a look at it, and there will likely be a video right underneath waiting for you to look at. I did notice one thing on uh, ELRHQ when I, I mean, uh, 8541 Tactical when I was looking at it. You have a store, but but you don't sell a lot of stuff. It's a hat and, and uh, so, so what is it that makes you do what you do? Well, it started just as a desire to give back to the community that I was taking all this information from. And I, I feel that over my career, I have gotten a lot of opportunities to learn from a lot of people. I've gotten a lot of opportunities to go to schools paid for by either uh, the Marine Corps uh, or my local police department. And a lot of guys just don't have that opportunity, uh, but they have the ability to sit down and either watch a video or read things on a website. And so it's kind of my way to give back, and it's my way to, to help expand our community, to get new shooters into the community. Because unfortunately, precision rifle shooting definitely has a high uh, cost to get into it. Uh, and so if I can show guys a less expensive way to get into it and then go from there, uh, then it just helps grow our community. And the more shooters we have, the more voices we have to support our sport, I think is just going to benefit us in the long run. Um, now, I haven't done the greatest with, uh, with merch and uh, with uh, promoting myself in that manner. I've, I've got a lot of fans that have been screaming for T-shirts and hats and patches and, and all this stuff. So uh, we're going to try to do a little bit better with that this year. Um, but basically, to support our content on uh, YouTube and, and the videos that we produce, uh, we look to different uh, industry partners to, to help us in that route. Awesome. You know, I had a question for you on your videos. Are they solely product or do you actually get out in the field and, and show a bit about how to use them, how to shoot different uh, things that you learned that you can share? Uh, we do definitely do uh, some skills related videos. I had started a skills series. We got the first one, basically the prone position and the basics of how to get into a proper prone position, uh, bipod and rear bag type supported prone. Um, and my goal is as the weather changes to a little bit more uh, conducive to videos in the field, uh, that we'll expand that series and go into proper trigger control and breathing and uh, just pretty much expand from there. A lot of what we do is product review related because that's the most questions that we get is uh, what's the best scope, what's the best trigger, what's the best chassis system or the best rifle stock. Um, and so I kind of try to gear uh, what we're doing based on what questions that I get either on our Facebook page or through our YouTube comments um, and go from there. But I think I think we've reached this point where it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that we do a lot of gear reviews, so we get a lot of questions about gear. And I kind of want to uh, show guys with a, a more basic system how to get out there and how to actually shoot it and how to use it uh, so they don't feel that they always have to buy more expensive and uh, higher-priced gear. You know, that's one of the things that we had to, to decide on when putting together a product list for ELRHQ.com because we wanted to, to obviously use 
sell the products that everybody's using. But we also wanted to give them an option if they were just getting into the sport to be able to buy something that they could depend on at a lower price point. So for, uh, scopes, for instance, we have uh, Citron scopes and you can buy a decent scope for around a thousand bucks to compete with and a lot of competitors out there are using them. So we felt it was, it was important to have that product as well as what we consider the top of the line, you know, the seven and a half by 35 ATAC R, which has got 120 minutes of elevation. So it, it, not everything is based around what is absolutely the very best, but it's best for what that particular person is looking for. Right. And that's, that's the big issue that I get when I get these, these best questions. Um, and we've had a lot of discussions with when somebody asks me, what's the best? Well, it, it doesn't really matter what I think is the best. What's the best for your situation? What's the best for your budget? What's the best for the type of competition uh, that you are going to do. And then, of course, there's personal preference laid over all of that as well because um, we get into the arguments about mill scopes or MOA scopes. And, you know, my preference is for uh, a mill-based system, but that doesn't mean that MOA-based systems are bad. So if I have the, the option to buy, I'm going to buy a mill uh, scope. And, you know, this guy over here, he may want a minute-angle scope and that's great too. Uh, but yeah, it's all about what's the best for your pocketbook and what's the best for your goal. Kelly and I have a very dear friend that came and visited last week, Ryan Sorensen from Utah. And Ryan was telling me as I was showing him some of the inventory we have in ELRHQ, he said to me, you know, Zev, I once took three scopes, and I won't tell you the brand names, but he said I had three scopes right next to each other on a bar. And I went out and I set it to 350, 400 yards, whatever. He, he got the magnification the same on each. He said, on the highest price scope, which costs, let's say, $3,000, I was able to see the veins in the leaves. On the secondary scope, which maybe cost $2,000, I was able not to see the veins, but I really saw the outlines of each of the leaves. He says, on the third scope, the outlines are a little bit fuzzy, but you know what? That deer was still there and looked great and didn't change. And it was such a great story. And I'm actually going to put that up on the blog. <laughs> well, we've, uh, we found quite often that, you know, scopes, you, you get into the high price stuff like the, the Night Force Attackers. Um, there's really no question that that scope is an amazing rifle scope. But the question is, are you going to need to be able to identify a target and engage a target at, at the waning hours of light that you have left? Or are you a target shooter that's going to be laying down and banging steel at high noon? You know, if you're going to be banging steel at high noon, you probably don't need the extreme light transmission that you get with the really high-priced scopes. And you can probably get away with a little bit less... Um, clarity in the scope as well. You know, if you're not a law enforcement shooter and you're not going to have to identify, is that a handgun or is that a cell phone? If you're just going to have to see the outline of the steel plate, then your situation changes a little bit and maybe you would be better off taking that extra thousand dollars you were going to spend on your scope and uh, put it into a little bit more training, put it into a class, you know, something of that nature. So exactly. So, yeah, it's all about identifying what your specific need is. But I always caution, too, 
always keep that buy, buy once, cry once in the back of your head because if you go out and you buy the absolute cheapest thing, you're going to replace it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. At some point in your career or in your uh, shooting hobby, you're going to replace that piece of glass or that uh, stock or whatever it is that you tried to save a ton of money on. Yeah. You know, we've told uh, our customers that all along. Uh, I said, you know, you can go out and buy a, a Bell & Carlson, but in the long run, it'll just make your McMillan stock cost $350 more. <laughs> because eventually when you come back to, to buying the stock you really wanted in the first place, you've already spent that money. Uh, so, yeah, you know, sometimes you need to bite the bullet and get what you want and, and need right up front. And otherwise, it's going to cost you more money. One of the things that I've, I have been most familiar with 8541 Tactical is your Monday morning mail call. I have seen those videos all over Facebook. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many different links I've been sent to some of those. And it was, it's just a really great idea. Something that I kind of wanted to do with this show, have something that would grab people and say, identify this show as, oh yeah, I remember. But I can't come up with anything. So maybe I'll just pay you to come up with some kind of idea to help me brand my show. Well, it's, uh, yeah, Mail Call Mondays was kind of an interesting thing. And uh, it, honestly, at this point, we, we've been doing it. I think this is season seven now that we're doing. So we've been doing it for seven years. Um, I don't recall what popped into my head thinking, hey, let's, let's give this a try. I think I was just going through my emails and said, hey, you know, I'm kind of hard up for an idea on what my video is going to be this week. Let's just answer some emails and it just kind of exploded from there. And uh, guys seem to love it. I think they love the, the personal connection that I'm actually talking to them through uh, YouTube or through the video. Um, but also the fact that, it, you know, I try to, try to tell guys that it, no matter what your question is, you can bet somebody else out there probably has the same question. So don't be afraid to ask it. And Mail Call Mondays really holds true to that because I will post my comments on a question and you'll have a bunch of people down in the comments going, Hey, thanks. I wondered about that or this question or this video really helped me at this. And, um, and it's, it's fairly easy for me to do. So there, there was kind of a self-serving purpose there. It's easy for me to produce those videos because I'm just sitting here at the bench in the studio answering questions. And it kind of took on a life of its own to the point where, uh, that's our focus every week is to make sure that we can get that video out. If not Monday, like this week, we're actually releasing it on Tuesday, um, but getting it out at the beginning of the week. And that's really what draws people back to our channel, I think. And they, they watch the review videos and things on the side, but um, our core viewership really keeps coming back for that uh, Mail Call Mondays episode. Well, we've talked about, you know, how you started this and why you've obviously been around a long time, seven years of Mail Call Monday. Um, how do you make money? Uh, and I'm serious, just, you know, we're just two guys talking. I know everybody needs to support their families and do something. And everybody thinks, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a blog and people will pay to advertise on my blog and I'll, I'll get rich like some of the women who talk about food. I know 
personally know a woman who makes about a hundred grand a year writing a blog and people send money to her just so that they can put their link on her blog. So uh, you do anything like that? The, the business aspect of it has been something that I've struggled with. And, uh, you know, I, I like to describe myself as a knuckle dragging trigger puller. Um, that's been my trade since I came out of the Marine Corps. I've been pretty much paid to carry a gun for most of my adult life. So the, the business side of it, actually turning this into something that pays has been difficult for me. Uh, now, I, thankfully, I'm still a full-time police officer uh, here in my uh, local city, so that takes care of the benefits and actually pays the bills and feeds my family, um, but unfortunately, video production is uh, a pretty expensive thing to uh, do, the equipment, uh, the computer systems, the lighting, and all that, so uh, again, we tried to stay away from doing paid reviews. Uh, I haven't done any paid reviews yet because I think uh, some of the guys out there that do that kind of stuff, um, you walk a really fine line uh, with taking a company's money to then be critical about their product. And I think it, you run into this difficult situation of if I say something bad or are they not going to be customers anymore? Because in that model, the company is the customer, the viewers are not the customer. So I try to stay away from that. We accept products from manufacturers to review them, but we don't charge them for the reviews. Initially, we relied on YouTube AdSense. So those, those pre-roll ads that pop up or the, the uh, little banners that come up at the bottom of the YouTube videos, um, those would pay us a, a very small pittance anytime they, they appeared. And that worked for a little while, and it basically kind of covered our costs. But as we started uh, traveling more and going to more competitions and, and filming things at matches, um, it really wouldn't cover the cost. And especially things like SHOT Show. Uh, SHOT Show is ridiculously expensive for us, as you well know. <laughs> so so uh, we had to figure out a way to cover that. And so we, this last year, we've started uh, partnering. Uh, with different companies. For instance, uh, we have a company that sponsors our Mail Call Mondays. You'll see their banner at the beginning of the episode. Um, and they pay us to do that. Cool. And then uh, for uh, SHOT Show this year, uh, Magneto Speed was nice enough to sponsor our SHOT Show coverage. Uh, so now we're actually able to turn the corner and make that pay. And then we have a couple of other revenue streams like um, we use Patreon. Uh, so guys that really like what we do, we keep ha having requests from people that want to be able to donate to the project and, and keep things going. And Patreon is a great way for people to go on. And it's kind of a way to look behind the veil. Uh, you get to see what's going on uh, behind the scenes. Sometimes we'll post content there that we don't post anywhere else. And you have to be a Patreon uh, subscriber in order to actually see that content. Um, and it, it gives people some ownership in the show that they are actually contributing to the production of the show. And then finally, we've started doing uh, affiliate links. So while I don't take paid reviews, when we review a product, if you decide you want to purchase that product, uh, very often we'll leave a link down below the video that if you click the link and you purchase the product, then we get a small commission off of that purchase. And that seems to be the way that YouTube videos in general have been moving in order to 
uh, help monetize them, help support them because uh, YouTube has really uh, not been supporting the Second Amendment community uh, very well uh, when we start looking at uh, the monetization side of things. You know, that's what I was going to say when you talked about ads popping up. Well, you know, they target ads that really fit your demographic when you're, uh, you know, (laughs) broadcasting something and there aren't, they don't allow any firearms related ads. So, so I I don't know what they would be pop, what would be popping up. It's, it's interesting because there, there actually have been a couple of firearms ads that have popped up. Now, not, not like Colt or Ruger or Savage or any of that, but uh, there's one, and it's funny because they're, they're absolutely hilarious tagline sticks in my head. It's something like, uh, as softly as the steps of a Navy SEAL, and it's this uh, holster, this concealed carry holster system. Uh, that they have in there. And there's um, also uh, one of the concealed carry organizations. Um, they'll have a video that runs occasionally. Uh, but I have yet to see any of the uh, actual firearms manufacturers uh, post ads on YouTube. Most of what I see run against my videos are uh, car ads, Chevy, truck, Dodge, that kind of stuff, and uh, movie trailers. Those are usually the the big dollar ads that people will actually watch. And uh, what a lot of people don't understand is a YouTube creator doesn't actually get paid if you skip the ad. Uh, If you actually watch the whole ad, uh, then we get paid for it. Uh, But Overall, what what I make through those ads uh, over a month is considerably less than uh, what our fans uh, support us by on Patreon or uh, some of the other avenues, and it's much, much less than our corporate sponsorships. So uh, we're really getting to the point where if YouTube decided to demonetize our videos, it wouldn't hurt us very much, and that's the place that we wanted to get to. Uh, so if they decide that they're not going to allow gun channels to make any money off of them anymore, it's really not going to hurt us. So what you're trying to tell me is your wife makes good money. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is a nurse, um, and she uh, she does make uh, a fairly good paycheck, but uh, she also supports us quite a bit. You'll see she's on some of the videos. I uh, have seen her. In. And uh, she's actually uh, a shooter as well. Uh, she'll be with me down in uh, at the Guardian match at Frontline in uh, April 7th. Uh, so she'll be shooting with me down there. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because we just established a relationship with the guy who puts on those Guardian matches. Uh, my, my daughter's just going through the final uh, acceptance uh, uh, interviews for being a foster mother and we met him at the shot show and this big thing has erupted about it and you know it's it's really good to be involved in something especially when you really believe in the cause and so uh we're going to actually put on a match here in arizona and we're sponsoring uh i think uh, five or six of the matches that he's doing we've committed to sponsor so that's really cool and thank you for supporting the match because i know that cause is a really good cause oh it is um i I really try to push Guardian to guys that don't know if they want to get into competing uh, because the the matches themselves, even if you just separate it from the cause, because the cause, uh, supporting Bethany Christian Services, you know, getting children to their forever homes, uh, what more honorable cause could you, you possibly have? Um, 
So even if you separate it from the cause, though, that vibe, I think, and the way Gary runs his matches, um, it's just so low-key. Uh, you go to a lot of these professional rifle matches where guys are, are fighting for high dollar prizes on the table, and it really has uh, a really more aggressive feel to it. When you go to a Guardian match, uh, it is just so laid back, and everybody's willing to help everybody else out. Uh, new shooters uh, are there and able to just really uh, get all the information they possibly can to more professional, more experienced shooters. And because nobody's worried about getting knocked out of first place or uh, worried about their trip to the prize table, uh, then there is a, a much greater advantage of guys to, uh, to show techniques that maybe they wouldn't. Maybe, maybe you see a guy struggling with the wind and you start giving him wind calls. And I've watched uh, competitors – uh, stand behind a new shooter on the line while he's shooting four points and give him wind calls on the spotting scope, even though it's not a team match. Uh, so it's little stuff like that that really makes it feel, it gives it a more family feel overall. Uh, and so I encourage new shooters to go check out these matches because uh, you've got a ton of experience there, a wide range of uh, competition shooters, and it's a great way to ease into it, get used to the format and the, the types of stages, and just have a ton of fun. It sounds like it, and I know that uh, getting people to come back to their second or third matches is the important part. You, you want to get them hooked after that first one, and the type of experience they have is going to determine whether or not they come back. And like you said, if, if the people that are competing there – are all about winning and that's it. And they want to make sure they're the first ones to go to the prize table and not somebody else. Then it's not really conducive to, to making a beginner have a good time. Uh, I know I heard a story about one of the uh, organizations who uh, there was a big brouhaha. One of the matches allowed the, the range officers who had donated their time, they were unpaid volunteers, go to the prize table and pick, pick some, um, some of the prizes as a reward for their hard work. And a lot of the shooters were all upset. Hey, we're the shooters. Those are supposed to be for us. And I thought, man, that, I mean, how ungrateful can you be as a shooter to all the vendors who have given products if you don't understand that everybody involved in the match as a volunteer has worked harder than you have because you, you paid your entry fee and you're out there having fun, he's actually working. So I, I thought that was really weird. And I'd, I'd really rather support the, the type of matches where that's a given where the volunteers get the rewards and, and people recognize the work that they do and, and they're thankful for it. So. Well, and the, the really nice thing about the, uh, the Guardian matches is they, they generally have a, a very, very nice prize table. I mean, there are some really high-dollar things on the prize table. Uh, but uh, for the guys that don't know, the Guardian prize table runs by raffle. So when you enter into the match, you get a certain number of raffle tickets that, that go in the pot. But then because this is a fundraiser, uh, you can purchase additional raffle tickets, and it is amazing the number of raffle tickets guys will buy because we'll we'll sit through the whole uh, the whole drawing. And one of the matches that I was at, we watched a uh, a young shooter. He actually ended up uh, just again luck of the draw, 
pulling enough off the prize table to build a full custom rifle for his next match. Uh, barrel, action, stock, everything uh, in order to actually build up a, a full custom rifle. So it was really cool to see um, this young kid, I don't know, he's 13, 14 years old, uh, be able to come away with when that rifle's done and assembled, it's going to be a four or $5,000 rifle. That's cool. I want to tell a, a story about a, a shooter that we sponsor. I don't know if you know Regina Milkovich, but uh, she's as good of individual as anyone I've ever met. She was at a match sometime last year and won a rifle, but uh, she ended up giving that rifle to one of the um, guys who's actually active duty who, who came to shoot the match and basically really couldn't afford much of a rifle on his own. So she just said, you know, I, I won this here. Go ahead, you take it. And so those kind of things are, are the things that make me real proud of the people that we associate. Uh, Regina shoots for me. And even when she hadn't done that, I felt really strongly about her representing the McMillan brand. But after that, it it's more, it goes farther than just representing McMillan. It represents who she is. And I think those are the kind of people that everybody kind of gravitate to. And so they're really good for whoever brand they happen to be shooting for. That's, that's awesome. And I, I absolutely love to see sponsored shooters, you know, the guys wearing the jerseys going above and beyond to make sure that new shooters or just other competitors, maybe even the guys having a bad day, to, to help them and to make sure that they're enjoying their time there and that they improve in the sport. Uh, unfortunately, from time to time, you'll see a sponsored shooter treating RO poorly or just just lose their mind. And it, I think overall, it reflects very poorly on the sport. And unfortunately, people take notice of whose name is on that jersey when that shooter's throwing a temper tantrum. So uh, it's great. Love to hear companies supporting good people, not just good shooters. So are you uh, technically a PRS shooter? You, you co compete in the Guardian matches, I know, which don't really fall under the PRS moniker. But I have, I have competed in PRS before. Um, I generally will hesitate to actually uh, purchase a PRS membership and do a points run through the year. Uh, unfortunately, since I am still full-time law enforcement, I have to take my vacation time and my time off to go shoot matches. So I have to be more selective uh, with what matches I shoot. And generally, if you're going to make a points run for PRS, you really need to shoot as many PRS matches as you can possibly shoot. Uh, and so it kind of locks me into that. So I, I haven't shot it in the last couple of years just so I can pick and choose what smaller matches I want to shoot or things like the guardian. You know, I want to, I want to thank you for your service, both as a former Marine and uh, a law enforcement. I didn't know you were still active duty, but that sure answers a lot of questions for me. Now I know why you're willing to work for so little money on these videos and stuff, because <laughs> you're used to not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm, I am definitely looking forward to the light at the end of the tunnel at this point. Sometimes uh, uh, we've got Four a great minutes. community. We've got a great community here and they, uh, they really support our police department. Um, but you know, you see some of the stuff on the media and some of the things that go on when we uh, uh, get flack from uh, certain segments of the community, it, it makes things difficult, but uh, 
You what know, community do you live in? Uh, Evansville, Indiana. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there's, there's some stuff that goes on in Evansville. Mm-hmm. It, you're probably not bored at work too often. Uh, no, we are, um, we're third, I believe third largest department. It's third or fourth largest department in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And we're, uh, we're fairly busy. Yeah. Well, well, thanks again for that service. It's, it really means a lot to me. Uh, if you've watched any of the show or if you, if you haven't, uh, we have a real fondness for Marines. We have a real fondness for law enforcement agents and or people who work in law enforcement. And uh, it, it's just always makes me feel that there's some hope for this country, for people who are willing to work for the small amount of money that you guys get paid to do something that is so critical and so important for the communities that you live in. Uh, and so few people recognize that. Two minutes. It's just, it, it, you know, it really saddens me to think that, that our society really doesn't reward the people who really need to be rewarded because they really are our heroes. Well, I definitely appreciate it. So uh, we got about two minutes left. Um, anything we've missed about uh, eighty-five forty-one tactical? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we've covered it well. Uh, if guys want to check us out, we're on Facebook at eighty-five forty-one tactical. We've got our website eighty-five forty-one tactical dot com, and we are also on Instagram and Twitter, and all of those are at eighty-five forty-one tactical. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for spending this time with us, John. It's been uh, really nice getting to know you. Good luck with uh, all of your endeavors and, uh, you know, stay safe out there. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Kelly. Okay, appreciate it. And uh, we're just about ready to wrap up another show. This has been a really good show. Uh, love Kevin Finley. As One most minute. of you know, he's, uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Um, but I love sponsoring the fishing. You know, I, I wondered whether it was going to be a viable thing for McMillan to do, but all the feedback I get from him all the time is that people all over the country see that boat and his truck, and they're always saying, hey, I love McMillan. So it's a really good thing for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we've got another weekend coming up, so I, I hope all you guys go out and uh, spend some time on the range, maybe do a little shooting. Uh, but most of all, enjoy your family and enjoy this country. We'll see you next week.